This is a Media 8 production. The world is full of amazing people, and once a week, I get the opportunity to interview one of them. My name is Brett McCallum, and this is Awesome Humans. When I first started reading about my guest today, I went to the interwebs and Googled him. With a little digging, I started reading about him and thought, holy crap, this is my story. A charismatic young chap who most of the time finds himself laughing at his own jokes. In his early years, he wasn't one of those academic types. In fact, he was the polar opposite. With learning difficulties spawned from ADD, he soon turned to being the class clown. As entertaining as it was for all the kids, his grades went from bad to worse. It was at that point that his parents decided to enrol him in the school's extracurricular activities. He went to a music program and he never looked back. I realised it wasn't me, but this awesome human I really had to meet. A former member of the Ten Tenors, singer, traveller, world-class entertainer, stage performer. Wow, I kept reading. His new group, Aria, were fortunate enough to perform in front of two US presidents at a world-recognised events. He shared the stage with outstanding performers such as Lionel Richie, Mark Antony, Jessica Malboy, Anthony Kalia, and many, many more. So this is when I went to the social media stalking part of this exercise and I seen photos of this good-looking dude hanging out with William Shatner, the late Vern Troyer, mini-me, Stephen Tyler and a vast array of other amazing entertainers. I thought, how can this get any better? Then I found out he was a Gold Coast boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Awesome Humans Podcast, Scotty Fields. Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. So let's start at the start. What's your first ever memory? Uh, my first ever memory, it would probably have to be um, family holidays. Yep. Um, I think I would have been about three or four years of age. Um, it's hard to it's hard to know because my memory is at the best of times pretty ordinary. So um, <laughs> something we're alike again. Yeah. This is getting scary. So it's it's for me the memory. Yeah, like there's there's certain pieces of memory I can remember, like that far back, but then. I don't remember something until like I was seven years of age. It's like there's, it's like very sporadic. The memory that where I got a mate of mine who remembers something as he was two years of age, and he wow. remembers it like spot on. Yeah. So it's hard. Yeah, everyone's different. If we had good memories, we would have went yeah. better at school. Yeah. I reckon. <laughs> I, might, I may not be in in, uh, in entertainment. I might be something else. Who knows? Uh, when I heard when I heard I was going to get the chance to interview you, I'm sitting there going, "So who's this Scotty Fields guy?" As I, I read before, it's like, "Wow, what an amazing story." And then I listen to this. I'm gonna I'm gonna play you something. I'm gonna listen yep. to this, and then I want we'll talk about this in a sec. That's great. It's one of my favourite songs ever. And like just watching you sing it there, the passion that you sing with is amazing. Yeah. Where was that at? Uh, that was at a place called uh, Minnesota, St. Paul, uh, Saint Paul, Minnesota, which is uh, in the States. And uh, it was for an event called the Starkey Hearing Foundation Gala. So it's uh, the uh, Starkey does all the uh, basically all the hearing aids for um, the world, really. It's oh, wow. um, one of the biggest companies for hearing aids. And they do, do a lot of charity work. Um, handing out, you know, free hearing aids to people in Africa and all those third world countries that can't afford it. A and pretty important event. Yes. Like I think it's the number, I think it's the second biggest um, uh, fundraising gala, gala in the world. Wow. So, so what sort of money would they raise at those sort of things? Millions? Millions. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. They do, they do auctions there, you know, at 
that night and and they yeah they clean up they clean yeah. up yeah so what sort of thing like i go to the local golf club charity day for the the local <laughs> hospital and i and i pay like pay 500 bucks for a jersey or something like that what sort of things do they auction at one of the biggest galas in the world well i mean they start at start things at 500,000 like oh, that sort of stuff but what can i buy for 500,000 uh look you can get um all signed memorabilia from yeah. anything um you can also get uh, an evening with scotty fields well they do actually did a uh, they did a thing with um, Stephen Tyler, because he was there performing that night, um, and he he auctioned off his holiday house in um, I think it was Maui somewhere on a, on a, some private island that he owns. Yeah, um, and he would he was going to pick them up and take them to the house, drop them off, and he, they were going to have a week there at his house with him and as an Uber some, driver. Someone actually paid I don't know something crazy, a million dollars worth or something for a week. Wow! So that all these stars that go there, you know, that you've got. And NBA basketball stars, movie stars, people like that, with obviously a pocket pocket full of change. And you're singing to these guys. Do yeah. you then get to go and sit in the audience and yeah, get and to meet them and chat with them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think the 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 beauty about being being on the stage with these guys is that you get to stand side of stage and and talk to all the all the the big the big guys going on the stage and you know Alana Ritchie and um. Uh, we met um, Ben Affleck last year, who was he was an honoree, um, and just talking to these guys about, you know, just candidly about their about their life, and and they want to know about ours, and I mean, a lot of them are just gracious people in general. But do they love the fact you're Aussies? Yeah, everyone in America loves your Aussies. <laughs> I remember we had this conversation before, and it was like, yeah. how much free shit you get because oh, you're an Aussie. <laughs> it's, it's, it's for some reason like you go to Starbucks and you know you, you say, oh, can I have a and they call it a, a mocha over there, where we say mocha. Yeah. And they don't understand. They don't understand mo- when you say mocha. mocha they mocha. don't understand. Oh, like okay. what? What was that? I said a mocha, and they're like, um, and they they look at you all confused. It's not very much a difference, but it's the accent get, the accent for them gets them. I don't know yeah. what it is, and they just they love you straight away. Sometimes <laughs> you get free coffee. Love it. It's, it's brilliant. Or mocha, which isn't really coffee. No, yeah, it's yeah. coffee so and chocolate. Mocha, mocha, mo- mo- mocha. They call mocha. It. There yeah. we go. Yeah. So, mate, we want to we want to hear about who you are, what, uh, where you started, all that sort of stuff. So, can you tell us the uh, the Scotty Field story? Born, raised, where you went to school, all that stuff. I was born in Brisbane. Um, Mum and dad were country folk. Uh, lived out in um, a very very rural town west of Dalby. So there's a population of maybe ten. Oh wow! Um, so I, I don't really know how how many people, but there was it, there wasn't many. Um, and then at the age of two or two or something like that, I think mum and dad decided to move myself and my brother in into the city and have a city life. Go to a city, you know, go to school here. Give ourselves, uh, give us a a uh, like a um, opportunity, a, a better opportunity, a better schooling. Um, so they they took us in into basically here the gold coast and we started started going to schools here um i mean they could have we could have just lived out there and gone to a country school but i think that the decision paid off because it's it's uh seemed to worked out for the both my brother and i excellent and you went to somerset college here on the gold coast yeah i moved to somerset when in grade three um how was that experience it was Somerset's amazing school. I mean, for anybody who's gone there, it's an it's an academic school. So it really wasn't the greatest school for me for being an being a non academic student. But everything else about Somerset, it doesn't. It's not just about the academia academia side of it. It's also sports, music, and I mean they've got such great programs. Um, so I went there from grade three, um, and from word go, I was just I just was playing up. I was a shit of a student. I I couldn't. I wasn't retaining anything, so behavioural issues. I think oh, they yeah, call it these yeah. days, as opposed to shit of a student. So they end up putting me down to grade two. Oh, really? Yeah, dropped so you back. Dropped me back, and uh, it was it was the best decision they ever made because I get to I get to you know make friends with guys that I'm still still going to have beer with now. That's um, awesome. You know, twenty something years later. Oh, that's great. Um, so yeah, we uh, we moved on from from. Uh, Grade two to go three, and I and I uh, end up mum and mum and dad end up getting a call from the teacher, and they're saying, "Look, I need you to come up. We need to have a chat to you about Scott." So we had a meeting, and and mum's in there, and I'm outside, and I'm wondering what what's going to happen, and <laughs> how much trouble you know, am I'm, I going to get shit, in? I'm shitting myself. <laughs> but the, all they were saying was basically, "Scott's a lovely guy, but we need to early kid, but we need to make sure that he's moving forward and not moving backwards." And so mum's like, "What do you suggest?" And he's like, "Well, the teacher Neil Whittington, he said." Um, he said, look, 
he's he just needs to do something that he can sort of say to the, his friends and his peers that he's good at. Because at the moment he's taking so much focus in class and acting like a clown. So you know we need to we need to somehow harbour this energy of his. What was that? What did what did you get into? So he got us into he she, he suggested that I did that I, that I did music, did some singing. So um, he said that there was a singing teacher starting at school. I suggest you probably get Scott into doing something creative like that. And mum, mum's like, okay, no worries. So she got me into doing singing straight away. That that that's you know that exact week when she started, I was the first student. And what did you think? You're eight years old, nine years old, and mum's going, you're going to singing yeah. classes. So what do you think about that? I was probably seven or eight, yeah. Um, and in those days, if you're in doing any kind of singing, yeah, I mean, you're going to get ridiculed. I was called gay, and you know, I was getting hammered by all the kids at school until it actually, until I was actually doing things that, um, you know, I could. That was making me money even even during school time. You know, yeah. I was I was already making money at that point. What um, sort of age was that? So you, you started when you're sort of year three, and then you sort of getting bullied for year four, year five, maybe yeah, a bit up longer. until up until maybe year six and seven. Um, uh, started to started to get started to taper out then. But get once gigs. high school hit, I was still singing. I was becoming very successful at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, they started get they started letting me go, and and then. Funny, funnily enough, that the cool kids started joining the, joining the boys' choirs at lunch, you know, and oh, wow. because that was quite fun, and and they realised, like I did, that being in music actually helps you pick up the girls. So it was, <laughs> you know, they they were um they were silly to think the other way, you know. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so we ended up um end up graduating from high school, uh, and I went on straight away, sort of moved to Sydney, uh, moved to Sydney. Uh, lived out of my car actually. Lived out of my car for about a week or so, and yeah. um, until I sort of slotted myself into the the pipeline down there. Got into musical theatre, um, and then started living down there until I got a call years later that I that I should audition for the Ten Tenors, and that's where that all started professionally for me. So, what are the Ten Tenors, and how did that happen? The Ten Tenors are, believe it or not, Ten Tenors. Um, well, there you go. <laughs> and when uh, we say tenor, we don't mean a greenback. Yeah, we, we mean no, like a, right. a singer that can sing higher than that's I can. Right. Yeah. So uh, it all started. The tenors started. Or oh, I'd like to say twenty something years ago. Um, and they were ten Aussies, ten Aussie blokes from Brizzy. Uh, they all basically got together, you know, on the weekends just to get an extra a bit of beer money. Really was mm-hmm. the was the reason why they did it. Um, and it became a success, you know, and they started taking it globally and. Um, and I was hap- I was uh, um, stoked enough to be on the road with them for a while. So, so you joined them later. Yeah, so you like later. the eleventh or twelfth of the oh, tenors? Probably, probably more than that. Oh, really? It, so it's been quite a few now. So have they? Um, did the sort of core group always stay the same? Like, yeah, they the, stayed the same uh, for many years, probably for mm-hmm. 10, 12, 15 years, something like that, until until it became um, because because to to make any sort of good in this industry. Unfortunately, you need to tour more than you do selling records. So okay. the more bums on seats, the, the better it off. That's where the coin comes from. Yeah. So okay. they they ended up touring, you know, like three months a year to then touring like eleven months of the year. So Must guys were never at home. You. Yeah, guys were never at home. You're living in a suitcase, living in hotel rooms, tour buses, and you know, it just you'd, it became. Uh, and and if you meet if you meet wives and girlfriends and and in some some uh, aspects boyfriends, yeah. uh, you end up. You know, you you, know, you want to be off the road. You want to be spending time with them. So you, you just you head home. You know. How do you do that though? You're touring eleven months a year. How do you meet wives, girlfriends, and that sort of stuff? Is it is it the groupies that that sort of then yeah. uh, hook up with, or are you you sort of try and get away from all that stuff? Being a being Australian, I mean, they we like a beer and we like going to a pub, and yeah. you know, so you just end up meeting people out. You know, you meet people out at the pubs and you talk and then you offer them tickets if they're, if they're cute enough, bring them along <laughs> to the show and come backstage and you, you say g'day and in America, especially they're just, you say, you say good and they're all over you. Oh, really? Oh yeah. They love the so, Australian. So there. your wife, I, I, I stalked her as well on, yep. on Instagram. She's a very attractive <laughs> woman <laughs> and my wife came in whilst I was stalking her and that was a bit awkward. But anyway, what, uh, where'd you meet your wife? Uh, I met her here. She, okay. she's a, she's a country girl, but she moved here. Um, to the the Gold Coast Uh Uh, so she moved to the Gold Coast and she was working in one of the bars up in surface here 
And uh, she was, I just walked in there and put the word on. And at, at that point, <laughs> I was pretty confident. I was a pretty confident fella. So I had no troubles just putting the word on. Um, and then took her out for, took her out for a, a coffee date the next day. And that was it. Did you know straight away? And to be honest, I knew straight away that I'd, that I'd probably want to spend the night with her. Yeah. Because she was good enough. Good enough looking. She was good um, enough. <laughs> but then it actually came a week a week into it. I, I sort of just... Normally, I would have, would have, I got to be honest, try and bed them straight away, but it didn't happen with her. I wanted to sort of make this, I wanted like to see how that goes. Yeah. Cause I, she was, she was a pretty, pretty good looking woman on the Gold Coast. Uh, normally, the pretty good looking ones are the ones that, uh, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? I know. Um, so they, uh, this one was good looking and she was ah. good looking in the heart. And I noticed that straight away. So I kind of wanted to latch onto that a bit. So that's, uh, that's that's the. the <laughs> so how long were you together before you got married? Uh, six and a half years. Okay. So did she tour with you as well? No, uh, she no, she hasn't. She hasn't. That must have been tough as well, especially if you're away eleven months of the year. Yeah. So I met her. I left the tenors and met her. Oh, okay. So it was, so it was when I when I came off the road. It was I was at home and I had a year or so of just doing nothing but hitting the bars and having a good time because that was that was it. I was young enough at that point. So. Yeah. Reliving um, that youth you missed out because yeah, you were touring. Exactly so right. <laughs> or partying because you didn't yeah. party hard enough when so, you were touring. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, you're, you're both now back on the Gold Coast. You're living in America. Where's that? How's that work? Uh, we're living in America now. So okay. we're, in, we're in Los Angeles um, where the entertainment, ca- you know, where the entertainment, entertainment hub is. Entertainment capital of the world. Um, so we're there and and she's she's doing her thing. I'm doing mine. She's studying, um, doing doing a bachelor's over there. Um and uh, I'm doing music and flipping houses and renovating. And so talk to me about flipping houses. One of my favourite things to do is uh, is buying an old rundown property, yeah. doing it up, and then getting rid of. My favourite TV shows are watching other people do that, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is really bizarre. But um, yeah, tell me about that. Where are you doing that at? It's I'm doing that in Big Bear. It's a Californian um, ski resort. Ski right? resort. Yeah, yeah. And it's uh, it's it's interesting doing a flip up there because you got to ha- you got to harness the the weather. You know. Doing renovations in snowy snowy conditions oh, can wow. be interesting. I didn't even think of that being in Australia. Yeah. 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 So we got to do that. Um, we'd probably get maybe one or two of them a year up in Big Bear. Um, we we know the clientele up there now. We know the uh, we know the prices. We know the the people. You know the contractors. So it's really easy for us to flip a house up there, and you can get some real diamonds in the rough up there. And is that far from where you live? About two and a half hours. Okay, so do you spend a lot of time up there whilst you're renovating, or how do yeah, you do that? Yeah, so we'll we'll go up there, and my mate of mine, my mate of mine, Jason and I, best mates, been mates for him with him for uh, 29 years or so. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll fly, uh, we'll get up in get up in the morning, we'll head up in the in the car and spend probably a whole week up there, back on the weekends to see the wives, and then go back for the week and then back on the weekends, just keep doing that until it's okay. done. So you do all that stuff together. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? So twenty nine years later, when you when you who first knows? met at school, who, who would and stuff, have known? Yeah. your brothers from other mothers, absolutely, and uh, and you're still sort of living together in in the US. Yeah. That's that's. So that's, we basically renovate through the day and then have a couple of beers and then play Xbox at night. <laughs> you know, and and you know, I'm a bit. I love my Xbox. Big yeah. Xbox fan. Um, play online with uh, the likes of Wogs Thetical. A shout out to Wogsy. He's on. He'll he'll hear this. Um, but yeah, we play uh, play all sorts of stuff. So what music do you play and games. Against? What's his name? Wogs. Wogs Thetical. Wogs Thetical. Where's he from? He's a Cairns boy. Oh, is he? Yeah. Cairns and have boy. you ever met him? Yeah, yeah, met him. Oh, yeah. you have. Yeah, he's a good mate of mine. Oh, okay. Yeah. So hey, yeah, we uh, we not get someone on. you met on Xbox. No, no. Oh, oh, you okay. can do that though. It's weird. Some people actually make friends on Xbox. Believe yeah. it or not. But oh, I, I can believe it. Oh, it's a it's a massive industry. It's, it's kind of like online dating, except you just without the love. You know what I mean? But the interesting part in, in Korea, <laughs> like the whole esports thing is enormous. And like they actually fill stadiums full of people to watch people play Xbox. Absolutely. Yeah, and, it's huge now. And there's uh, there's there's guys online that maybe we follow and I, I mean I'm a big I'm a big gaming nerd, but um I follow guys that are on a million dollars a year just from streaming streaming and doing what they love doing. So what sort of games? Sports games, shoot 'em up shooters. Shooters? Yeah. Um, is it, what's this thing called? I'm going to sound hip now. Fortnite? Yeah, Fortnite. That's the big So hit. what's that? Oh, all the, the kids the, are all talking the, about All the boys love Fortnite. It's uh, it's it's like a Battle Royale style game, you know. hundred Like a wrestling Battle Royale? No, 100, no. 100 players get fly, you know, fly into a battle zone and they and they got to get loot and shoot and be the last one out. 
It's like it's like Hunger Games. Oh, really? Yeah. And have you ever been my last one out? Yeah, a few times. Yeah. So yeah. it's just glory. Yeah, just it feels no good. It feels real good. <laughs> <laughs> so how's that feel compared to being on stage singing in front of ten thousand people? Yeah, it's uh, it's a different feeling. I, I, I mean, f- to be honest, I think I might have said this to you before. I um, you know, I could be feeling quite blue, you know, depressed because yeah. I've I've had a history of depression. And it's in the family. And then, you know, if I go into a gig and I'm feeling a little bit down and I, I've got a, whether it be a half hour show or a four hour show, I'll finish that feeling top of the world. Yeah, so yeah. something about it, it just picks me up. It's Music something I was meant scene. to be, yeah. you know, it's a place I'm meant to be for the, you know, forever, for the rest of my life. But do you find you sing when you play Xbox? <laughs> if you're getting like depressed or getting upset, to start uh, throwing out some chords? It's uh, Xbox for me is a, it's a way of getting away. You know, okay. my wife, most wives out there don't let their husbands play much Xbox because they're I all... I don't play Xbox much. Yeah. I have um, one. <laughs> but mine mine lets me because she knows it's an outlet for me just to go and have my time, you yeah. know, space, to have a bit of space and to chill and to be in my own world. So does Jace play Xbox with you? Yeah. And, his, yeah. and what's his tagline? His, ta- his, ta- his uh, gamer tag is Ibernator. Ibernator. And what's yours? Blood sponge. Blood sponge. <laughs> so anyone listening out there wants to it's jump not what on you think. Fortnite. Blood sponge is not what you think. Trust I didn't me. think that. Everyone, everyone thinks that for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> I can understand why now. Yeah. Didn't come in first, but I'm there now. So blood sponge, if anyone's out there that's a gamer, hook up and uh, you, you'll be playing against the great Scotty Fields. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so every time you go and do your, your renovations, yep. yeah, what are you doing, a couple of years? Uh, we try and do two a year. Yep. And yeah. then, so when when's the singing happening? So Aria, which is is stands for Australians reunited in America, I love that. Um, when's that happen? Is that in between flips or is it the it'll main be, course? Yeah, it'll be because we we do a lot more corporate stuff than anything else at the moment. Um, so we, uh, <laughs> I've got to stop tacking the microphone with uh, with my beer. So I apologise for that. Um, yeah, I've got a beer cooler, mind you. No, I don't. Yeah, that's, that's for guests only. So, um, so yeah, what what we do is we we do a lot of corporate stuff. So the Australia, uh, we call ourselves RE Music Group. Is the is the you can look us up on Instagram and stuff. RE Music Group, and we do this um, basically a corporate. Uh, we attack the corporate realm over there because um, that's is that because that's where the money is. Where the money is, and it's it's less the tours. Okay. Um, a lot of the boys have been touring. Some of the guys in the group have been touring for fifteen years, so they they've got they've got little babies now and they, yeah. they're going to, you know, obviously want to be around for the, for their babies. And so we're doing less of tours, um, but we're, we're knocking the corporate market on its head. If we, you know, that's the best way to explain it. Um, okay. And when you say corporate market, we're, we're talking like big companies. Yeah. yeah. Like farmers insurance, um, okay. like Apple and Google and yep. uh, companies like that. So during this, Stint as a singer. I'm going to call it a stint because yep. you're now a gamer and a flipper as well. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you've met some amazing people. And I know we had a conversation previously about um, the late, great Vern Troyer. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that got me, and I actually went home and was talking to my kids about it, was the fact of how small he actually was. Mm. For such an amazing human, because he's done a lot of different stuff. Yeah. We all know him as mini-me because yeah. that was his big break. Absolutely. But – you, you, do you want to sort of tell us what Vern was like and, and, and the example you gave me last time was he was as tall as your knee, is that yeah, right? Yeah, he, uh, he was one of those characters. Um, he, he, was, he might have been small, but he was huge. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he, uh, he, he literally probably, even with a hat on, didn't even come up to my, my kneecap. Wow. Um, he was a, one of the smallest, easily the smallest person I've ever seen and ever met. Um, is that intimidating? When you first meet someone like that, sure, yeah, yeah, it is, it is. I mean, I've, I've, uh, I've got. I used to have a handicapped sister, mm-hmm. so um, I'm, I'm no. I, I suppose I've, it's to. I, I'm a bit more compassionate because of that, so yeah. I understand now that not every, not every family member, not every family is, is perfect. Someone yeah. might have something that you don't know about, and you've got to learn that compassion pretty, pretty early when you have a sister that struggles with with, with cerebral palsy as such, um, but. Uh, meeting Vern, you soon realise that he is very strong-willed. Yep. Um, you know, he wants to do everything himself. He he drives a normal car. He just has the car fitted with longer pedals and bigger seat, you know, uh, higher seats. And he, he has his own boat. You know, they've made a smaller boat for him, but he has his own boat. He likes to do everything that everyone else does. Yeah. Um, and, you know, getting chatting with him and with his manager, Ray, and, I mean, that there are – to, they're a great bunch of people, um, very generous, um, very giving with their time and their money. Um, because I mean, let's face it, Mini Me made his career. 
um, he might have been involved with other movies and other shows, just like, you know, the another guy we met, Shooter McGavin, uh, Christopher McDonald. Yep. One of my favourites I've met in my time. He um he's done millions of other shows. You can look him up. He's but the only thing that people recognize him is Shooter McGavin. Shooter, yeah. Shooter, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's it's funny, yeah, these guys that they basically spend most of their time going to galas and 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 donating money and they get invited to these places because obviously they have the money and they are willing to donate it. That's, that's awesome. They're giving back. Giving back. Which, exactly. which is a really good thing. Um, you've also had the, um, you, you performed in front of two US presidents. Um, I once saw Donald Trump live and uh, I, I was in Sydney. He stood at this lectern. It was amazing. And I actually said to the bloke sitting next to me, I bet you he's the next US president. Wow. I won the bet. I, uh, I won a fair bit of money out of that. It was quite good. Wow. But just the way he came across and just the charisma and and the type of person that these people are. You have are. to be a type of person to be a president, don't you? Yeah, for, for sure. Well, so who who have you met and, and how well, they Mum and Dad actually, Mum, they're in they're in the staying at the Trump Tower in Vegas, and they she got a photo with Trump on on his campaign, so she was oh, pretty really? stoked with that. <laughs> and and we're having this we're having this like uh, like a, almost like a photo competition because yeah. I got a photo with I got a photo with Bill Clinton and 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 she, you know we're we're like, which one's better? And now that she's got the, she's got one she's with got the, the latest president. So she's feeling <laughs> she a bit wins. taller and yeah. Um, but so you yeah. get one with Oprah now because she's supposedly next. Yeah, apparently, right? Rumor has it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, got it. We got to meet, luckily got to meet Bill Clinton at one of the Starkey events. Um, and only because our, we had a hand of looking after us while we we're there. Um, we we're performing that, that, that night. Um, uh, for the event. When you say handler, was this like security or, or no, someone security. that just sort of no, shows you around chaperone? We don't need security. <laughs> <laughs> um, not because we're, we can look after ourselves. This we're not big enough. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a basically chaperone to, to make sure we're at the right place at the right time yeah, okay. to make sure we've got everything and you know, all that. Um, and he knew our, our chaperone, so to speak, knew one of the, one of the uh, secret service. Mm-hmm. So he was able to ask to see one of his mates if they could get a, if they, being Aria, could get a uh, a photo with Bill, and we ended up getting a photo with him, and and at the time, one of our one of our members was so happy after the photo, he walked out literally crying. He was wow. he was stoked. Big, Did you talk to him as well? Public, um, or just hello, shake hands. We just shook hands, said hello. He asked us about some stuff. It was more just a quick quick how are you? Yeah. How are you going? Photo. See you later. Sort of so thing. You go to this event, one of the biggest galas in America, or probably in the world. There's U.S. presidents. There's NBA stars. There's all these people. How the hell do four blokes from Australia get a gig at that place? Absolutely. I, like I sit there. After, I mean, you sit there pinching yourself. Yeah. You know? I mean, so how I, does that happen? Do you, do you have a manager that is just really good or, or people hear you sing and go, we want them it's there? A bit of, it's a bit of both. You know, this industry, unfortunately, it is a lot of it's got to do with who you know. Yep. And if people say that's garbage, it's not. It's, it's, who, it's who you know a lot of the time. To get you the to get you in the door, you know. Um, then it's you up to you, and it's your attitude, and it's your hard work to keep yourself going. But I mean, at the end of the day, we were lucky enough to know somebody who is pretty high up in in that in the in the Starkey um, Hearing Foundation, mm-hmm. and so he got us one gig there once, singing a song, and and then went on to do another do another song later on, and, and we're going to probably be working with him again. But um, it's just events. As soon as you do those big events, then then those other big events snowball from there, you know, and you start doing singing for more presidents and other Start presidents. getting the name out there and all that. Yeah, absolutely. So you live in LA. You got any good next door neighbours that, that we should know about? Um, other than Jace, obviously. We, uh, we're actually <laughs> going to move into a comp, uh, move into a compu- uh, community uh, in Calabasas soon. Um, mm-hmm. And there, there's a couple of celebrities up in there. That you may know, um, and they're, and they're just neighbours. They just talk to you like normal. Yeah. Oh, I think it. I think it's amazing. The Kardashians up there. The Kardashians. Yeah. Kardashians and the Beavers. The likes of the Beavers were up there, yeah. and, and all those places. All those places. He's gone from the Gold Coast to living with a near a Kardashian. Yeah. Hey? Even though I don't follow those guys much, but the Kardashians, the people love them. Obviously, Mate, it's um, someone that's got over thirty-six million followers. Um, and the big thing with that is I, I do a lot of stuff in social media and to have actually 36 million followers and people that like these things millions and millions of times is, is insane. Yeah, like, it's it's a big deal. I mean, my, my wife's at the moment working on her um, her website, the Soul Sisters, they call them, um, and she's been blogging hard and 
getting followers and it's taken, I mean, they're, they're slowly getting a bit of a following, but it's takes a lot of hard work, a lot of pr- being present on social media and, and putting the right stuff up. And Full-time job, mate. It is, you know. And I can see why now people use these big social media stars to promote products. And oh, Definitely. And the thing is that's f- the future of advertising. Ab- absolutely. Um, we, we do a lot of stuff with um, with influencers, as mm-hmm. they're called. Actually, one of the guys I went to school with, he was just one of the dudes, a surfer dude. He ended up marrying a, a guy named Celeste Barber. I don't know if you've ever, ever seen sort of Celeste accepts the challenge. So there's a picture of, say, one of the Kardashians in a, in a bikini or whatever, and then Celeste, who's a, a natural-sized woman, let's say mm-hmm. that, she'll sit there in her bikini, sort of with a gut hanging out and a beer in her hand, yeah? And amazing. She's now got three and a half million yeah. followers, just done a, a sellout <laughs> tour. Mean. Yeah, just done a sellout tour in the US in comedy clubs, all yeah, based around these different challenges. Stuff. Oh, she's amazing, it's very man. funny. But the best bit is, Arpy, who uh, I went to school with, good good bloke, um, but she actually started calling him hot husband, right? So his tag is underscore hot husband, and it was just a hashtag they did now once. He's, he's got like 40,000 followers. Go. Everywhere she goes, where's the hot husband? Where's Becomes a thing. Oh, it is. And it's amazing because in this day and age, you can actually become celebrity from that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Whereas yep. back in the old days, I'm sure that that uh, lots of these celebrities, they just worked hard and hard. Like Shooter McGavin, great examples. Done hundreds and thousands yep. of yep. shows, worked his nuts off, and everyone just remembers him for that one thing. Exactly right. It's, uh, it's a different world we live in. So on that, Things like The Voice and Pop Idol and all that sort of stuff. These kids, are they exploited? Are they? Is it a great way for them to get into the industry? It's, it's, I find it's that really intriguing. It's definitely an easy it's, – it's a, it's a good platform to break into the industry if you haven't already done it professionally. Even if you have done, been there and done it professionally. There's a lot of comeback people. I think one sure. of your mates is on it at yeah. the moment, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. so Benny – Benny Clark's on there at the moment. He's uh, he'll be doing his finals on Sunday in a couple of days. Um, he uh, he's a ten tenner, you know. And there's been other ten tenners that have been there and done pretty well. Yeah. Um, but for me, uh, no, not it's not really for me that sort of thing. Um, I think I went and checked out uh, Australian Idol when it was first start when it first started. Um, Potentially have a crack. Yeah, before yeah. before I became on the before I was on the road with the tenners. It oh, was okay. when I just Way moved to Sydney. Then? Um, and I've read the contract, and they, the contract, you know, the further you go along in the in the in the uh, in the show, the the different the contract becomes. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you, yeah. So you they have to basically sign sign more contracts as you go, yep. because you know they're they're basically yeah they basically own they own you for a, for a fair for a fair while. Um, and my my only gripe with that sort of competition is yeah you get the you get the um, exposure and you can set your career up for sure. But they, I mean, it's all about the networks. It's all about just turning over albums or, you know, really just pumping out albums while, they, while they're fresh, while the iron's hot. Um, and then a lot of them don't move on. A lot of them don't, you know, they, they run to the curb. Yeah. They get, they get done. They get sacked and off they go, you know, and they're doing burger flipping at the local, you know. Back to what they were doing before sure. that, that six weeks of fame. So let's hope Benny goes good. Um, he's, he can sing. He's got some lungs oh on yeah. him. He's hey? a, great, he's a great, great vocalist. He, um, he's a great bloke too, you know. He That's should important. go right. He's got a good attitude, got a good family. That's what it's all about. It's interesting. You, so you, you had the 10 tenors now. you got Aria. Have you ever thought about being Scotty Fields and going out there and, and I saw a great rendition you did of Angels. I think it was a, it might have been at a wedding yeah, or a stage show songs. or something like that. And great song. Robbie Williams, amazing. Yeah. Um, he, I heard you sing that. And it was like, wow, listen to that. Have you ever thought of doing that on your own? Um, I got approached once to buy a uh, a small label um, and did a bit of research on it. And what they wanted is was you know what I wasn't willing to give and. So I didn't do that because I was I was at that point in the, in the industry I was twenty probably twenty six twenty seven at that time, and I was like, eh, look, if I was probably eighteen and never done it before, and I was just getting into, I probably would have signed the contract, but I okay. didn't um, because I kind of wanted to pursue it myself. Um, but then I don't know something something clicked one day, and I was I was at home and 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 I I was thinking people who get married. You're, you know, the celebrant gets up there and gets marries the marries the the couple, and then they go to reception, and then they they have the entertainer there, and he's singing away. And I was thinking, why don't I become that? Why don't I become the celebrant and the entertainer? So I wanted to to kill two birds with one stone. Yeah. So I became the singing celebrant, basically. Um, so I was doing, I was singing the bride up the aisle, marrying them, sing them out, 
a and great they, concept. And, they, and they, they loved it. You know, it was a, it was a bit of difference. Yeah. Um, still kept it legal with the whole realms of being a celebrant and, you know, um, but it was for, the, for it was just a bit of difference for the couple. They loved they loved that extra bit of something that maybe their friends didn't have at their wedding. You know, yeah, exactly. Which um, is what everyone wants to exactly do. And then maybe I'd even get to be the the entertainer at the uh, f- the function after as well. So it's a, it's a weekend of of profit for me. You know. Yeah. No. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So let's say it all finished today. It's all over today. You've you've set back. Have you achieved everything you wanted to achieve? Um. In, in in entertainment, you mean? Yeah, in entertainment. No, probably not. Okay. So um, but what's the thing, thing is, you haven't got yet, or the thing that you really want to reach for? I don't know. I just think you can always. I just think you can always. I mean, every crowd, every crowd is different. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'll be happy if I was to, if I was to, let's say, I lost my voice tomorrow. I'd be stoked that I'd got to, I've got to do what I've already done. Like yeah. That not everyone has the chance of doing that, which is. You know, like I said, I pinch yourself, pinch myself every day. But if I was to, if that, you know, if I lost my voice tomorrow and couldn't sing, so be it. I'd, I would be content enough to, to move on and then do something different. Become a chippy. Yeah, or go and study. <laughs> I wouldn't mind getting back into that because I was, as you know, shitty student. Yeah. Um, my, my brain just wasn't mature enough to learn anything at school. It doesn't mean even in year twelve, I just wasn't ready. But now, 10, 15, 20 years later, I'm ready to go and to get a bachelor's in something. Like yeah. I feel like I'd be, I'd, I'd be able to concentrate on that. The whole blood sponge thing. Yeah. <laughs> Concentrating the brain, on the, the game. Exactly. And exactly. Thinking about that gaming. <laughs> Who's the greatest influence in your life? That's a good one. Um, I would probably have to say uh, my mum and dad. Okay. Um, yeah. Mum and dad. I mean, they've, they're a very, very strong, um, a strong say influence in my life only because as as humans as they are uh they're extremely strong i mean their mum and mum and dad have been through not only um a handicapped child which was my older sister uh she died like i think seven or eight years ago now um she uh had severe severe cerebral palsy like she couldn't she couldn't walk she couldn't talk she couldn't feed herself she she could basically Hear you walk into the room and sort of half turn and laugh and smile. But you remember that smile though. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, so you remember the smile and you and she'd remember you. Um, but as far as that goes, she she got to a certain age where mum and dad couldn't actually take care of her anymore. Yeah. So we had to then put her into cared cared facilities um, to to you know to take that on, um, and then they wanted to have another kid but didn't know, you know. If they had another kid, would it be come, would it come out the same? And they yeah. were out in the bush at that time. They were they were in the bush, so there was no care from anywhere. You know, you had to drive miles and miles and miles. Um, and you know, while Dad's out trying to earn a living out in the property, Mum's having to deal with Martine at the time. And and the the fact that they're still together just from that alone, amazing, is incredible. It? Yeah. Um, just Dad's patience with that is has been huge. Um, but then he also then they had two boys. And they had my brother Tim, who is yeah. <laughs> he is uh I mean uh, you everyone on the Gold Coast knows Tim. He's a sort of bloke, he's thir- he's thirty eight, thirty nine now. Um, and he still wears a man can at a party. Like he's he's that he's that kind of bloke. <laughs> he's still the class clown. He's still the class clown. <laughs> he has he suffered with ADHD. Yeah. Um he was a smart he was way smarter than me though, like book smart than than I was. Um so he did all right at school. Um but he he was just, he got into some terrible stuff, you know, after school and during school. And, uh, but now he's straightening right out. Now he's a super, super yacht skipper. Oh, you know, wow. He's, <laughs> he's done some stuff with McDoohan and, you know, yeah. and, uh, some super yachts here on the coast, been up, up in Northern Territory doing tugs. And now he's, yeah, he's kicking goals, loving life. Um, he's lovely fiance, about to get married soon. So, awesome. uh, Kira, are you going so. to marry him? Uh, no, I haven't got my Sheldon's license anymore. Oh, and I think okay. it might be a conflict of interest. I don't yeah, know. Potentially. I don't have to judge. I have to check that out. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, and then had me, uh, which I then had severe learning difficulties, uh, being ADD. And um, I went through all the rigorous um, dietary, you know, had to change my diet and get off all the sugars and the preservatives, the colors and flavors. And, yeah. you know, I was basically, I could eat a list about 
the size of my palm. That's why you're so overweight at the moment. <laughs> yeah. Um, so back in those days, I wouldn't be able to have a beer, but yeah. now I'm having it because I've sort of I've sort of grown out of all that. You know, you know, you just learn maturity It'll... as you go. Uh, still, still, yeah, still on the side. Isn't it amazing? You sit back now and and you look at the, the kids you two were, your, you and your brother, and now one's a super yacht captain, and the other one's an international renowned singer. <clears throat> your parents must be sitting there going. How the hell did that happen? Uh, yeah. I mean, my brother could have been, he could either be in jail yep. right now, which he was very close to, and he'll tell you that himself. Yeah. Now he's killing it. Yeah, good um, on him. I could have been somebody just, I don't know, nothing wrong with this, but just working, shoveling shit on the side of the road uh, just because that's all, I, that's all I'd know, you know. But I, luckily for mum and dad getting me into singing early, um, it changed my life and I was, I'm able to do something that A, is... I mean, everyone likes music, whether you, whether you can sing or you don't, you still love it. I'm a great singer. I've got a really bad voice. Um, <laughs> so, what's your greatest achievement in life? Um, uh, apart from securing myself a good looking wife, uh, I, to be honest, it's probably doing singing professionally. I yeah. mean, that's being on the road. You know, being being on the road with, you know, a, a band and a crew and a, you know, um, on these tour buses, you see these tour buses, you know, these, these rock and roll tour buses, you, you, you know, all the rock stars going on. And are they like what you see? Exactly the same thing. Oh, really? They've got bunks in them. You've got real lounge rooms. They've got Xboxes. I'm in the that, parties. Oh, right. No, yeah. Yeah, but on a smaller scale. <laughs> oh, okay. Because we're only, we're only opera singers, you know. Um, but, yeah, the, the – but I got to experience that, you know, uh, on a smaller scale. Yeah. Um, so – yeah, it's it's a it's a cool feeling. That's I mean, a big I'd, achievement. Congratulations! I'd seriously, be, I'd be happy to die tomorrow and go. I've done that. Yeah, yeah. No, that's awesome. Okay, so I'm going to have some quick fire questions for you before I want to talk to you about one more thing, right? So let's do the quick fire, and then I'm going to talk to you about a little YouTube clip I saw last time we were here. <laughs> we're going to go through that. Okay, so what's your favorite food? Uh, chocolate. I, I didn't bring the chocolate. I it's bought right. the beer. I've, right. had, I've had I enough chocolate. I've had enough chocolate last night to last me this whole trip. <laughs> so, um, yeah, absolutely. I actually saw a thing on one of the TV shows, and it was a chocoholic lady. And I thought of you because remember <laughs> we had this conversation about how much you love chocolate. And what they did was that she got hypnotized to make chocolate think it was dog shit. Wow! So they I put it. I never want They that put it in front of her, and she goes, "What's that?" And they goes, "That's dog shit." And, <laughs> and they're sitting there going. It's just so cool. No, no, no. Why, why would you want to do that? I would never want to do that. No. Chocolate makes me happy. Chocolate does make everyone yeah. happy, doesn't it? It does something to the old receptors in the brain, I think. Which is, <laughs> That's that sugar thing from when you had yeah, the ADD. Like, I reckon it's worse than cocaine now, eh? Yeah. Like that, something more addictive than drugs. There's some, something really important then is chocolate Australia versus chocolate US. Oh, nothing like it. Unlike ch- Australian chocolate? Australian chocolate. I mean, I mean, it's not the best chocolate in the world, but, no. it, it, you know, Australian chocolate is hands down better than anything any chocolate you, that America creates, it's just so grainy and the, the cocoa is different. I don't know what it is. It's just, yeah, it's not, not enjoyable. I'd, if I was to eat, eat chocolate over there, I'd get, I'd make, I'd go and buy myself some Swiss made stuff. Yeah. yeah. But even then that's different. It's so, different again. And Milo's different over there, you know, like it's completely different taste. What about Vegemite? Same. Yeah, you can't change Vegemite. still no. tastes like shit, but still, <laughs> still very, very nice at the same time. <laughs> Best thing ever. Oh, yeah. um, favorite song? Um, oh yeah, geez, the favorite song. I love, I love a story. So anything that it's a, it's a hard one, you know, cause I'm, I'll, I'll listen to, I've, I've just got such an eclectic sort of music taste. I, I love anything with a story. So like your Billy Joel's, um, James Taylor kind of, you know, storytelling. Not a song. That's a, they're artists. I know, I know. Like New York State of Mind. Yep. Great song. The, just the start, the piano, yeah. it gets me in and, and the story after that. And it's just, I love singing that song. It's, it's, I don't know, it just, it's, it's a hard one for me. I, I can't really narrow down a songwriter or a song as such. Well, I've got a challenge for you. I've just, just come from a meeting before our podcast and the meetings with one of our other hosts of one of our other shows uh, called The Third Beer and uh, Chris Dixon's a psychologist. He said, mate, I've got a, uh, I've got a thing you need to do. And I said, what's that? And he goes, it's called slap down. So, okay, what's that? <laughs> So what happens is that he texts me a song. Yep. I've got to listen to the song and then I text him back a song that has a same, some sort of theme to it, if you oh, like. Oh, here we go. So it stays the theme. And right. I'm sitting there, mate, that's sensational. Let's create an app for that. Let's create this mm-hmm. into a – and so we're looking at that at the moment called Slapdown. Brilliant. So in about eight weeks it'll be out called Slapdown. Excellent. But 
just try it with your mates. It's hilarious. I've been doing it all afternoon with different people. And I uh, I sent one to another mate and uh, it was the the big Hawaiian singer that's sort of somewhere over the rainbow. Yeah, we did a version of that. Um, uh, great song. Uh, it, it's, what's his name? Kamakumuli yeah, or something. That's other. it. Yeah. And uh, so another bloke sent me back Meatloaf. And I said, what's the theme? And he goes, both sung by fat blokes. <laughs> There's a theme, right? <laughs> When you get into this, it's amazing. It's like, what's this song and what's that song? So there's a challenge for you. Right. Play Slapdown with your Xbox buddies. Oh, right, we'll a good do. Idea. We'll do. Do you follow sport uh, in the I US? Love sport. Love so sport. You follow basketball and NFL and stuff in the US? Yeah, uh, NFL a little bit. Um, basketball not so much, but you, you can't not over there because hockey, basketball, and uh, uh, hockey, basketball, baseball, and football. Yeah. They're on in every sports bar, and, and being Australian, I find myself in a sports bar nearly every week. So you're always seeing sport. You get to watch much um, AFL or NRL over there. Yeah, we have a mate of mine, Jace, who we spoke about. He he's got a subscription to the AFL. He's a massive AFL fan, so oh, okay. he uh, he he has a subscription to that. So we watch that remotely. You know, oh, very nice. As most of the expats do overseas, if they love their AFL. Right, so Jace is who I want to talk about. That's how I want to finish. We, yeah. we watched a, a YouTube clip of, of Jace's wedding, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, where he got married to, what's his wife's name? Paige. Paige. So Paige is a, a celebrity in the US. She uh, she runs a, a TV show. How's that She's, work? Uh, she, she used to be on a show called The Extreme Makeover Home Edition, which was a, a probably the number one TV show on in America for 10 years or so. Um, so she was one of the designers on that Um and she left the road after touring every week for 10 years. She she kind of left the road and had a bit of a sabbatical for a while and then, then joined on to the show Home and Family, which is on now on Hallmark Channel. Uh, and we, they, uh, yeah, they they wanted to do a They got a married live on TV. Wedding. So that was it. They got married on telly. So you were on, you were a part of the wedding and yeah. I, I saw you guys singing and stuff live on telly to <laughs> what, millions of people. Yeah. Was that a bizarre experience? How How was that? Like, I think we were talking about your wedding compared to his wedding and the difference of the two because it's like a lot more staged on the TV side of things. But yeah, it's, it must have been an amazing experience. It's it's a it's a bizarre feeling. I remember when I did my first radio interview um, in, I think it was Alabama or somewhere, and it was going, uh, you know, it was live, um, going across to, to thousands to millions. Um, it's satellite radio over there, so it's it's to a it's lot everyone, of people. Yeah. Um, so I was doing a lot of uh, I had that the feeling of overcoming of like because I was I've never been a nervous person really um especially when it comes to just performing or whatever but something out of my comfort zone jumping in front of a mic in a studio singing an album's okay but when you're doing it you know when you're doing it being asked questions and and have to tell a story it's a different it's a different game you know because you're talking about yourself and it's a hard thing to do um so yeah that was my first experience of that and it was it it kind of it maybe it puts stuff into perspective for me. So then, so then you start doing more of those, and you start getting more obviously used to them, and doing TV appearances. And I've done a few of them now. So as much as, as much as yeah, the last TV show, it sort of I don't know, just you, you just, tend to sh- tend to block it out. You get used to it. You just you just tend to concentrate on the song you're singing. I think. Okay. Yeah. See so that stuff. You don't you don't think about the millions that are looking down the screen at the screen at you. So that's that's probably where you. If you start doing that, you probably will freak out a bit. Yeah, I'm sure you will. So have you got any messages for any of these kids out there that um, have been diagnosed with ADD, ADHD, whatever, Absolutely. other class clown, other other kid that everyone's saying, you're never going to get anywhere. I remember my my high school um, teacher, he, he was like the year leader, told me that I would never make it in life. That I'm gonna, that I'm useless. He, mm-hmm. This guy like, absolutely wrote me off, and uh, I'm sitting there thinking about this now. I'm just going, "Fuck you," because I do all right. Yeah, and absolutely. one of, one of the things I go back to a school reunion, and uh, and it's great. I always want him to be there, <laughs> just yeah. say, "G'day, mate, how nah. you doing?" and that sort of stuff. Have you got any advice for these kids? Because there, there's a lot of kids out there suffering. Well, there's a lot uh, of kids getting bullied. They, I mean, that's the thing. There's the bullying. You know, I got I got my fair share of bullying at school. Um, a because just being a bad student, but being in music, you know, early, you get hammered. Um, I got hammered. But the I think the the thing is I always had this feeling that I was gonna be I was gonna be okay. You know. Um when I when I left school, I didn't have a bachelor's, I didn't have a degree, I didn't have an OP, I didn't have any of that. Um but I still knew that I was if if you have right. if you have a good attitude and a good upbringing, good family, good family support, 
um, even if you don't have good family support, if you have a good enough attitude and you you can you can basically believe in yourself, you'll you can do anything. And that, and that, and it seem, might seem seem cliche, um, but I think confidence. I mean, I know guys who are singing at the moment who I I don't think have a great voice, but their confidence, their confidence, and their love for what they do makes them successful. It's that's the thing. Be confident. Be be happy within yourself. Um, and like I said, I've had depression before, and I know what that feels like. Um, before that, I didn't understand depression. I was no, like, exactly, what is this? But um, you know, you, a lot of these things happen from school. You know, from bullying and those sorts of things. You know, trying to get through that and show people that what you're doing and what you're contributing to in in life is worthy enough. They'll they'll move on, and then you end up you end up showing them it like you said at school reunions. Hundred percent, mate. I walk into a school reunion now, and I'll have I hold my chest up. Yep. You know where I walked out of school, being the being the the weird skinny kid, that that's a singer. That that that's a <laughs> singer. That wasn't that wasn't um popular with the girls, and yeah. that, that the 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 funny guy wasn't you know um at that stage. But now I could go into. A, a school reunion with my chest high and knowing that I'm confident enough to pick up anyone in here. Because if I, you're you know, proud of yourself. But, That's you know what, what I mean? it's all yeah, proud of myself. Yeah. And then the thing is, I think it's really important to be proud of yourself. I think it's really important to be kind to others. I think that's the biggest thing. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, I, the, uh, to be honest, you know, you can, you can be good at what you do. You can, you can be, you can have ADD. For, sure. I've got ADD. I'm, I'm, I'm good at what I do now. Um, but, the biggest thing for me was my family. You know, yeah. they, 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 they're, they're just realistic. You know, I lost my virginity. The first person I told my parents, I walked in and said, mum and dad, Scotty Fields is no longer a virgin. <laughs> and I held my hands up high. Did mum shake her head and dad high five you? No, dad was like lying in bed and he, he looked at, he had his face in the pillow and he looks up and he went, piss off. <laughs> and then mum was like, woohoo, you know, she was stoked. Um, but like, that's, that's the thing. Like I kept, kept things real with my family. Yeah. My family was real. They, you know, the country folk of all, of all, you know, that everyone from the country generally are pretty, pretty cool people um, of what I've found. Uh, but you know, it's just a family upbringing and, and keeping you grounded. And, you know, there are people with ADD that are little shits. And they become they be, they leave they become leave school early and they they're in they get into burglary and and mm. all sorts of stuff you know that's no excuse for anyone ADD that's just a I think that's personally a terrible upbringing yes um just my mum and dad were always so 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 evident in our lives you know now you're not born an asshole you're taught to be an asshole exactly that's the way I look at life yeah. it's it's all about parenting I'm, I'm a I'm a father to four kids and. All I hope for in life for those kids is that they're nice. Yeah. <laughs> that they're kind to each other and they're Absolutely. kind to other people. And that's all we can ask for. Yeah. No. Well, mate, as far as I'm concerned, thanks so much for coming to see me. You're an awesome human. I really appreciate you spending time with us. Um, thanks very much. Thanks, mate. Appreciate Cheers. it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. What an amazing human. Don't forget to hit us up on all the social channels at BJ Macker and look out for more Meteorate podcasts.